Welcome to the Magic in Moscato podcast. I'm your host, Jess Lynn, a single mama from a small town in upstate New York. I'm a former hustler who was drowning in debt turned money mindset, manifestation, and business coach. I help burnt out online entrepreneurs step into their full authentic purpose, take massive aligned action, and live their most abundant lives. You might be thinking, magic isn't real, and this girl is nuts. Well, my friend, you're 50% right. I'm totally wacky, but magic is 100% real. I've discovered my life's work and passion teaching the law of attraction, quantum physics, and spirituality through years of diving deep into the inner parts of my soul after hitting rock bottom and fighting my way to the top. I'm so excited to share some of this work with you too. So grab a glass and let's cheers to magic. Hello, happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, it has been so long since I have gone live on Instagram. I think it's been like so long since I've gone live on anything. Hi, Jen. Okay, I think that all you have to do is request to join and I should be able to accept you on. Hi. Hi, Jen. Mercury's in retrograde. That's why nothing is working. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I like one of my clients sent me the Mercury retrograde like dates and I was like, oh, FML. Yeah. Like, here we go. I'm like, just yeah. as soon as we think one ends, like another one yes. <laughs> starts. Absolutely. So. My volume just started going down by itself. Like you're having troubles. So whatever. We're yeah. here though. Right. Well, hey, we are here for it. I'm super excited to have Rachel. I'm not Rachel. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Jennifer, I'm saying Rachel, but um, Jen on. You were reading this screen saying yeah, her name. Uh, to have Jen on with us today. Jen, I'm let you go ahead and like, you know, introduce yourself. I'm let you like kick it off today. All right. So anybody that doesn't know me, I am the owner of the Amore company. I do spiritual business coaching and brand strategizing. So Jess and I kind of connected on TikTok. I slid into her DMs and we just kind of hit it off. And I love what she does. And I think money and the trauma we face with money and the, the, the thoughts we have, the thoughts patterns all really kind of correlate with spirituality and mindfulness. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Yes, I'm so excited. I, you know, the power of social media, I know that over the last couple of years, social media tends to get like such, it gets such a bad rap, right? But I mm-hmm. think that when you really start to show up in your space and stepping into like the full authentic purpose of who you are and what you are trying to do, God just cannot keep your people from you. And I remember you and I speaking on an earlier conversation. You were like, yeah, you know, I was you know, really hesitant to message you because I don't usually like do the messaging like that. But then I saw, you know, like you, you made this post and I slid into your DMs and then come to find out we are literally an hour away from each other. It was just so mm-hmm. mental. And I just think, you know, you and I, the way that we both show up, you know, on TikTok or in the online space, it is so hypermagnetic because we are just so true to who we are. And because we keep our vibrations so high and our energy so clear, we really are only susceptible 99% of the time to people who belong in our space, you know, and that are are meant to really help us grow together. So I think that's just going to be a perfect testament of some of 
the conversation that we're going to dive in today, which, you know, you actually brought this, this topic up and I thought, yeah, this is a perfect topic, trauma and money. So what really, you know, what was really kind of your inspiration for wanting to talk about trauma and money today? Because I love to talk about money, um, but I really <laughs> want to hear from your perspective. So does Brian. Is Brian still in here? So does he. Just kidding, Brian. Um, I think because from experience, and I think most of us in here or you, like you became a money coach probably because you went through an experience that wanted you to be passionate about that and discuss it. And I think that when we're aware of the conditioning that we face, whether it's generational or society or things like that, it makes it so much easier. And I don't know. I don't know. When I looked at the calendar, I was like, that's the topic we're talking about. Yeah. See? Yep. Brian's like, yep. Give me the money. Give me the green. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, I think I, I was like, as I was scrolling through, like my screen skipped and I was like, oh, I think I have a filter on. I don't know how I had a filter on. Oh my God. But I was like, that is not my face. <laughs> I was like, how do I turn the filter off? No. And I think, you know, to that point and hello, Brian. Hello. Hello. I love the money symbols. Um, I think to that point, you know, we don't realize as adults, you know, how much our life experiences have shaped not only how we show up in the world, but how we show up for our money and how our money shows up for us. And the trauma that's ingrained in us, not only from things outside of success, relationships, love, and money, but even those things that see are seemingly insignificant, they all carry a lot of, a huge weight on, on how we attract, how we hold, how we manifest. And I know for me, I believe that money is a heart issue. And so when my, mm. when my heart chakra, like it's or my, like, gosh, my sacral chakra, like I struggle, like when I, when my energy is not clear. And when I'm going through a difficult time, I am holding on to so much resistance and constraint. And I, I feel like I totally just block myself because when those things come up to be healed or when my energy is not clear and I'm allowing, allowing a lot of negativity into my space, mm-hmm. I see it be reflected in my money. Like I will have, Absolutely. you know, an unexpected expense pop up. I will have a lower than usual month in my business. You know, those things will just happen and it will really make you be like, okay, Jesslyn, like, how do I need to realign myself right now? Yep. What do I need to clear out of my space? Like what truly needs to be my focus? And it's hard for us to do that consciously when unconsciously there's a lot of unhealed trauma. And I know this is probably more of your superpower than mine, because I mean, you definitely are like you, like the Reiki guru, like the tarot cards, like, you know, when you are working with your clients around trauma and really trying to help them get aligned on their purpose and on their right path and to really help them like clear that space, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for them? And what are some techniques that you think are, are helpful? Well, I think anything always goes back to mindset. I mean, our business is an extension of us. So if our mindset is off, we can put the energy and whatever into our business, but it's not going to be to the fullest potential, right? So one thing for me that stands out with the money and the mindset is the generational trauma. Like if we think about it, the Great Depression was only 100 years ago. So you really are only two to three generations away from bringing that whole mindset into your daily life. So when you consider like what your family thought, what were your family views? What did they, how did they feel? Did they have to hold on and have that lack mindset? We're bringing that with us. Um, I mean, it's different. I really think it all boils down to like at the end of the day, being okay with who we are, we tie money to our self-worth, which is like 
conditioned by society. We've been told since we were in kindergarten, like compete, compete, get the highest score, get the best job. So it's really understanding all of that behind it and understanding like it's kind of by design in order to break the cycle. Yes, absolutely. Oh, ancestral cords are like my vibe. I love to talk about these Mm -hmm. Um, because being the chosen one is not easy. So every family lineage has a chosen one. And Mm -hmm. 90% of the time when my clients come into my space, they're like, why is my life a complete shit show? And I'm like, (laughs) welcome, young grasshopper. It is your calling. Hello. (laughs) Um, Because when we are the chosen one, not only for our lineage, not only are we healing trauma, not only, and, and I want to get like super woo on you guys, like this happens on a cellular level. I know that like a lot of people only take the scientific approach to things. This is actually science, okay? This is quantum physics. And there's a whole bunch of books that I could suggest reading on this, um, but I can geek out all day on quantum physics. So it might seem super spiritual, super woo. There is a science behind it, okay? Because like um ancestral cords so when you hear like familial curses those things those have a an energy attached to them a stress an anxiety a depression okay and that energy like for example if my mom struggled with anxiety or depression while she was pregnant with me that is something that is passed on in utero okay so there is going to be a different cellular genetic makeup based on my mom's experience of life while she carried me okay for example my biological father committed suicide while she was pregnant with me my whole life I've had this weird obsession, not like in a, not like a, I'm obsessed with money to do it, but like an obsession with, you know, what is that thought? And this is really dark, sorry, but like, what is that okay. split second thought in everyone's mind is like that commit suicide, you know? And I've always been mm-hmm. like so intrigued and like almost obsessive over it. And then when I found out at 18 that my biological father wasn't sick, you know, when you're a kid and you hear, oh, your dad was sick you think, oh, he had cancer or, you know, a cold, right, and died. And then when I found out at 18 that he was mentally ill, then so many things changed, right? And I could I could start, to, I was like, oh, that's odd. I've always been kind of obsessed with this thing. And then now I found out that, like, my biological father who committed suicide while my mom was pregnant with me did that thing, right? Um, and then since diving in deeper to this work, I have not only been able to heal the wounds for people that come after me, I have seen it help heal the wounds of the women who came before me. My yep. mom, my grandma, like seeing them do this work. And my grandma is one of the most Christian people in the world. Like, I'll tell you what, like she is like proof that heaven is real. Okay. And like, when I first like started diving deeper into my spirituality, I was the most nervous of what my grandma was going to think. And my grandma, mm-hmm. she now like geeks out on this stuff with me. She's like, yeah, you know, every time I swipe my credit card, I say, and thank you for the money. And there's more where that came from, you know, and like, watching them have these magical moments and like you know seeing them you know seeing my mom go to therapy now like just like better her outlook on life even though she has you know a phenomenal life and really starting to advocate for themselves in a completely different way that was something that was generationally passed on to me and was I was chosen to sever that cord um and it's deep work and it's not easy work (laughs) No, that's why they say the black sheep or the one that doesn't fit the mold of the family is usually the one to break all of those things for sure. Um, And I, I think it's like when we talk about generational, like going back to the Great Depression stuff, we have two different things. I mean, we have that mindset of the lack and hoarding and, and holding on to these things. So that would be like my great grandmother. She was, she would have been 12. So, you know, for damn sure, she brought that mindset to my grandma, to my mom, to me. 
And it's like now we're inundated with like, there's the flip side. We are inundated on social media, on our email, bill reminders, this, you got to do this, you got to pay this. So it's like, we have to find that balance, but being able to realize the pattern and realize how, how deep it really goes is like the first step, I think. So, yes. And that, that's the part that most people avoid, right? That's the uncomfortable part Mm -hmm. in one of my programs. It's actually like one of like the first programs I ever created second to next level magic, which if you're in my world, that makes sense to you. If not, it's a signature six week program that I have all around quantum leaping, um, the, you know, energetics behind manifestation and, and stepping into the higher purpose of you. Um, it's, it's great. But the second program I did kind of piggybacked off of that because it was the first time that I really was like, oh, like I have the energetics down now. How can I help people apply this to money? Like I've been applying this work to my money for the last year and I've seen what it could do for me. How can I start giving these tools to other people? And we avoid these conversations because it has been conditioned in us in us to believe that it's rude or it's not polite to ask those questions, you know, like at your job, you don't ask your coworker what they make, right? So it's like, you could have two people that are equally as qualified. Why does this person make more money than this person, right? Like, it's just something you don't talk about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't ever ask your parents how much money they make, right? And so when I first start diving into this program, it's all around identifying your subconscious roadmap around money. And it is, you know, having those difficult conversations of, you know, what are some things that your mom said about money? What are things that your dad said to you about money? What have your grandparents said to you around money? And what, how has that shaped your perspective of money? You know, I know for me, one of the things was I thought that people that had money were all, were all evil. Like I grew up in the church. I grew up basically being like, you know, it was like a martyr, you know, being a martyr, so to speak, you know, maybe not to the extreme sense of the term, but you know, feeling that anything more than a need was like you was like gluttony right like it's like it's, it's too much and yeah. I couldn't understand like why I consciously wanted to see success in my business and in my life and I wanted to no longer stress about money I didn't want to have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck or overdrawing my account anymore but I no matter how much I worked it just wouldn't happen well then when I started to do that really uncomfortable inner work and started to really look at my external world that had been surround you know that I've been surrounded by for 27 Mm -hmm. years, it started to make a lot of sense. And it pulled me out of my comfort zone. It forced me to have some conversations with my family members and, you know, saying like, Hey, you know, like, why do you see things this way? Like what, you know, do you, do you still see it that way? Or, you know, why do we say this? You know, one of the, um, biggest little tips that I always give my clients when we start doing this work is we have this either or complex. We have this either or complex of like, you can have this, but you can't have that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I start doing this work with my clients, I, I allow them to, to treat themselves to both. Right. It's this, well, do I get the coffee at Dunkin Donuts or do I get the hot chocolate at Dunkin Donuts? Well, you're an adult. Do you have $10 <laughs> in your bank account right now? Okay. Go get both. Right. Get both. Right. Start, start allowing yourself to experience both and not this or that. Because I remember being a kid and, you know, going to the grocery store, going to, in a, you know, Walmart to like get a, a prize. And it was like, oh no, like we can't afford that. We can't have this. Or you could have that, but you can't have this. Now, yes, we want to have boundaries as parents and we don't want to just spoil the crap out of our kids. I mean, of course, you know, we love to do it for our kids. You know, there are boundaries, but it's how can we shift the verbiage? How can we say, you know what? Like for me to my daughter you know what Reagan we have this what would you like to pick this time and then next time we come you can pick that right or you know and like giving them an option versus that you can never have this 
because it starts to create an association in their brain that it's too much, right? And then it's that this or that lifestyle. So even how we speak to ourselves and how we've been spoken to or how we speak to others is, you know, it allows us to be even more magnetic or demagnetizes us. Okay, that's a good point. And I think the thought, what you just brought up as far as like manifesting in your thoughts, like you could have $0 in your bank account, but if you keep putting that energy into that, that's what you're getting back. You have to just like, it's like almost like a fake it till you make it type thing. Like the mindset shift is the most important thing. Being mindful how you're talking to yourself, what you're saying being grateful for um, a nickel that you find on the ground or, you know, someone buying your coffee in front of you, like practicing that gratitude is so important. I love that this or that thing. It's so true. When we talk like going to the store, you can have this or that. Like, I love that you switch that for her. I, that's great. It's a great yeah. tool. I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, it's those little, it's those little mindset hacks, um, that truly, I mean, truly mm-hmm. change my mind. Just like the, you know, just like the nickel thing, you know, I have like the magnificent pennies, you know, you find a penny on the floor. If we, Oh, I used to do this. And actually I see my, my mentor on hi Marley. Hello. I'm going to give her a shout out. This is actually the work I did with her. Like this was like the foundation of the work that I do now. Aww, um, that's cool. You know, we used to, I used to, when I would clean my house and I know, I know people are guilty of this. And if you are guilty of this, I want you to drop it in the comments. Like give us a, give me a yes or no. When you're deep cleaning your house and you find those like pennies that are like stuck to a piece, you know, a piece of like, uh, what is it called? Like fuzz. Um, or, you know, you got like those dirty quarters that's like stuck to a piece of glue. We just, how many of you have just swept them into the dustpan and thrown them out? Yeah. because like they were icky and gross. Right. Like we've all done it. I think we've all done it for sure. (laughs) We've all done it. Well, uh, if we are, if we can't be grateful for a penny, if we can't be grateful for a quarter, guess what? Like we are, it's going to be very difficult for us to be grateful for a hundred dollars for us to be grateful for a thousand dollars. Right. So now when I find a penny, when I am deep cleaning my house and I find those dirty little coins on the floor, the last thing I would ever even think about doing is sweeping them into the dustpan now, right? Like that goes right into my adventure fund. We have like a little piggy bank and it goes right into my adventure fund and I thank it with so much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Um, and it's that, that, that celebration, like the end of the day, like we are infinitely supported. We choose to believe that we're not because we only focus on our bank account or the amount of clients that are bringing us in cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. When we look around our space, we are infinitely supported. There's not, we do not use every single thing in our in our home every single day. Like there is, right. we are constantly yep. surrounded by more than enough, but we live in the energy of not enough because that is what we have been conditioned to believe. That is, so in our generation specifically, we have watched our parents struggle. We have watched our parents live and laugh, and that has hands down been passed on to us. And so many of us, this generation in particular, there's been a huge uprising of coaches in the industry because so many of our generation has been called to rise up and help shift that paradigm. Well, I also think COVID made people, like a lot of people wake up, obviously it was like the great awakening, but a lot of people realize that they can do what they're passionate about. Like we've been told, go to school, get a job. or, you know, go to school, apply to college, go to the military, do that, work a nine to five, go to corporate, you know, that kind of thing. And I think COVID like shook it up and people realized like, wow, I can do my passion from my phone or I can do whatever I want right now. So a lot of people like that are talking about, you know, lack of jobs and stuff because people don't want to work. It's like, no, people are choosing to do what they love. 
they're realizing that they they can the world the possibilities are endless and you don't need to make money from one employer you can make your own income and work with who you want to and i think that's a huge thing Yes. No, there's been, there's never been a better time. I think it's the most beautiful thing to witness. There's never been a more beautiful time or more perfect time in your life to show up for what you're called to do. Like life is short. Life is way too short. And it's so funny, you know, every time I, I say COVID on one of these lives, I'm always like, I'm waiting for like the center oh. to pop up on the screen. You know, like I've, I've yeah. been conditioned. That is a conditioning. It's like, a, <laughs> can we say it? Can we say it? Um, but you know, life is short. In 2020, mm-hmm. we realized it was like March 18th or yeah, March 18th of 2020 life was normal. March 19th life was not normal. Like it was yeah. not. And honestly, I'm even more freaked out now that like life is like seemingly back to normal and like people don't even question it. I'm like, but it's yeah. literally like, it's we just went happening. through all of that in two years and everyone's just like, see to do like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. But, um, you know, so it's like, tomorrow what our life looked like today what our life looks like today is not guaranteed to look like that tomorrow would you be proud of how you showed up today and would you be moved by how you show up showed up today if tomorrow was your last day and if the answer to that is no then like it's time to make some massive shifts like gone are the days of nine to five like 2020 showed us that like nine to five is not stable I have the most stable income. You know, 2020 was the year that I ever had achieved a stable income. Of course, it's only ever grown since, but 2020 was the year that I'd ever had the most stability in my finances ever. Everyone around me was like, oh my God, I'm losing my job. Oh my God, I'm afraid to get furloughed. Oh my, and people thought I was crazy in 2015 to chase my dreams. They told me you're crazy. It's not stable. Like what, it, like, what are you going to do if like it all goes away? And I'm like, listen, I'm not here to live until I'm 65. I'm not putting my life on pause until I'm 65, until Uncle Sam says it's okay for me to live my life. I'm here to live my life right now and I'll be damned if someone tells me that I'm not going to do it. And so it was a grind for those five years. I had to show up in a massive way. But when 2020 hit, my finances were never more stable and I'm an entrepreneur. And it is like, people are like so afraid of entrepreneurship. Like it is, yeah. that is a trauma. That is a trauma that's been embedded Absolutely. into our DNA, into our system, because we have watched, you know, our great grandparents, our great, great grandparents, you know, the, the great depression, like you mentioned, like it's an ingrained trauma. Like we crave stability. It's false. Stability is not real. Absolutely. Like, like it's it's something Absolutely. that the establishment created for us to rely on. Well, and think about how many people work their 65 years and then they retire and they lose their money or they get in an accident or something happens and they don't have that stability anyway. And Brian, I don't think that that's bad. Oh, yeah, if I, I if I throw pennies on the ground in hopes they land face up and someone finds them and it hopefully brings them good luck, is that bad? I don't think it's bad. Maybe you're just playing the pennies for somebody that needs that message that day. I'd like can, to I, can I play devil's advocate on that a little bit? Absolutely, you can. Okay. So, Brian, I'm going to go on ahead and I'm going to tell you keep the penny for yourself. Okay. Um, okay. And here's and here's why. Um, and you know, you can feel free to message me privately outside of this. But um, if you are at a point in your life with your money that you find yourself more in lack than you do abundance, it's getting back to the basics. So getting back to the basics of how can I accept every opportunity that God is giving me right now to feel abundant. So compliments, those pennies, magical checks that come in the mail, um, opportunities that are presented to you are all ways that God is trying to show you how abundant you are. And it doesn't present itself 
in, in the beginning in the form of the physical representation of, of abundance, okay, which is money, okay? Money is the way that we operate, operate in the 3D realm. Um, so money is the physical represent, uh, representation of abundance. Before we can really get to that point, because some of us have so much resistance in our body, so much trauma in our body from the conditioning that's been placed on us, um, God can only give it to us in other ways because that's how we're unconsciously open to receiving it. So when you find those pennies, I want you to celebrate them and I want you to actually keep them them. Now, when you get to a point in your journey, when you feel like you are in more abundance than you are in lack, and it feels good to you to leave the pennies, then leave the pennies. A lot of us leave the pennies because we've also been conditioned to believe that it's just the right thing to do, right? Or like, or, you know, is it bad juju if I don't leave this penny for people? Like we've placed a lot of, um, we rely a lot on these rituals and these, it's so funny, you know, like people think that like what I do is so weird. We rely on a lot of principles and, and, and rituals that really kind of come from superstition, right? And of course it's not superstition, it's magic. Um, but I would encourage you to hold on to it um, until you find yourself living more in abundance than laugh, if that's your current paradigm. If it's not, then feel free to continue leaving them. <laughs> All right, good, that was a good answer. Hello, look at all these people hopping on. Hello, hello, hello. As you hop on, feel free to introduce yourselves. Let us know where you are from. I'll just reset the live really quick. I'm on live with Jen and we are talking about trauma and money. So if you have any questions, in, if you have any questions specifically around your money mindset, if you you know want to ask a question about like your story in relation to your money as we're talking, please feel free to drop those questions in the comments. I know I'm good until about one o'clock. I have a client call at one, but um, yeah, we'd love to answer answer some of your questions. Hi, Liz. Hello, hello. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Abby. Look at all of you hopping on. Beautiful. Hi, Angelie. Hello, hello. Beautiful. Yeah, so, Jen, did you want... Oh, hold on. Sorry, I saw Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. I went to a car wash yesterday, and they asked if I wanted to leave a tip, and I'm struggling right now, so I didn't, but I felt that was bad. Is that wrong? Um, Jen, I'll let you answer this one. I didn't hear the question, and I can't see it. Oh, sorry. Okay, so Lindsay asked, I went to a car wash yesterday and they asked if I wanted to leave a tip and I'm struggling right now. So I didn't, but I felt bad. Is that wrong? So this is a tough one and I want you to interject with your opinion. But for me, like I, I always go above, even if I, even if I don't have the extra money to spend, I always try to tip abundantly because I don't know if that's because I was in the restaurant industry for so long and I appreciate it. But I also feel that when you give from a point of pure intentions and you give, like, that's just how life works. You're supposed to be giving and whatever. Do I think that you should feel guilty about it? No, but I definitely think that me personally, I, I try to tip abundantly or above at least. Um, what do so, you think? So I, so I agree. I agree. And then I also am going to like lead, like kind of lend some advice on like how you can show up differently in this Good. particular situation. So how you can okay. show up differently in this particular situation, because, you know, I agree, you know, we've also been, you know, every time we go to the freaking grocery store now, it's like, do you want to, do you want to like, you know, round up or, you know, every time you go to McDonald's, you like, it's like, you know, they're constantly asking us to give more and more and more and more. And do I believe in giving? Absolutely. Like my whole life was be into me that like you tithe 10% of what you make right now I I worked through my belief system on that because I would have guilt if I would go to church and not tithe but I donate 
a, a crap ton of money every single month to things that I'm called for. If I have a, a friend who has a house fire, if I have a friend who's, you know, lost a family member, if I, you know, I, you know, the uh, children's rescue coalition is a big one that's on my heart. Like I, I give money to places that I feel called to give money. Um, Two years ago, the version of me would have felt really bad going to the grocery store and not rounding up to like donate. Version of me now is, does it feel aligned? Yes. Does it feel aligned? No. Right. And if yes, do it. If no, no. Right. Um, now in this particular in, in instance, um, you know, with tipping, and I'm going to lend two different options for you. Um, the first one is, you know, I, I worked in the service industry for a very long time. I was a waitress. So I was someone who, you know, I, I lived on tips. Like that was just, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an over tipper. Um, and I'm just someone that, you know, no matter what I, I over tip, like, and if the waitress is a terrible waitress, I still give her a tip. Now, what I would encourage you to do is I think, um, I, I think that our generation really struggles with being vulnerable um, because we struggle with being judged. If you drive away feeling bad, not tipping, um, there's, another thing that you can do to kind of create your own experience. But what I would, what I would encourage you to do is sometimes people just need kindness. Like sometimes, like in that moment, you, I would like, I would have said, you know what? Hey, I would love to tip you so much. And I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I'm just going through a really tough time right now. Like I don't have the money to tip you. And I think a lot of times, like that's all people want is that validation. I know like there were so many times I waited on tables where they couldn't afford to tip or, you know, they were struggling or whatever the case may be. And they, you know, they would, if the tables that were upfront honest with me and that like shared their life experience with me, it was almost like their story mattered more to me than any tip ever could. It was like, wow, I feel so blessed that they felt that I was a safe enough space to share that with. So if that's your story and like, you know, you, you know, there are some things that we just can't avoid spending our money on. Um, then I would, I would voice that now on the flip side of that is I would encourage you to like make an experience out of getting your car washed, right? Like if you also can't afford to tip, how else can you like take care of your car, right? Like, and maybe I don't know too much about your story. So like, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, whatever your story is. Um, but you know, how can you make an experience and like, what, like, you know, make the, like a car wash the experience. Like I'm a dance party girl. So it's like, how can you like get like, you know, sudsy, like put your favorite Daisy Dukes on, like bump the country music. And like, you know, if you worry about the tip and that's going to cause a lot of resistance in your body, but you can wash your car at home for free. Like, how can you make it an experience and like use it as a way to manifest, like have a dance party. And as you wash your car, like, just like envision, like, you know, something magical happening, like out of a freaking movie or something, you know, like whatever, like I literally live in la la land. My life is like all made up in my head, but that's the reality that I create. So I hope that that was, I hope that like that was received well. Um, and everyone, everyone has been there before. Like part of my story is that I used to overdraw my account on a day-to-day -day basis. Like we shouldn't feel ashamed about our money. And I think that once we can start speaking openly about our money is when the shame starts to go away. I love that. That was a great answer for sure. For sure. And I think we all have experience with it somehow, whether it's personally through family, you know, like everyone has the experience. It's just having these open conversations. That's so important. Same thing with like the mental health stigma. We need to have these conversations and break these things because then it just, it heals and it helps people. You don't know, you don't know who you're going to help telling your story. So that was a great, it was a great answer for her. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And speaking of sharing yeah. your story, Jen, like I know I would love to know a little bit more and this is like probably me putting you on the spot, but like a little bit, but that's okay. I'm done. I, for yeah, I would I would love to know like
what is a particular instance in your life that you have seen your, you know, a past experience or a past trauma reflect back into your money and like reflect back into your physical space where you can say, Ooh, this is something I've been holding on to. Now it's presenting itself to me. It's time to do the work. Yeah. So it happens all the time. I mean, growing up, I was love was shown through money. So that's what I tied it to was like gifts, love, you know, things like that. And there were a couple of different things. Like my mother was very, um, it was, we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, well, that's, that was the story I was told. Right. And then there's just a lot of different dynamics that I look back and I'm like, whoa, no wonder why you have some issues, like being, feeling abundant and feeling, you know, tying, not tying my net worth to my self-worth type thing. Um, I would say the biggest thing that happened that was like most eye-opening was about seven years ago, I was like really sick. I had all these health things going on after I had my younger son and I was out of work for like nine months. I was in nursing school, out of work. And I just started racking up my credit cards to pay the bills. And I was like, I will figure this out. I'll figure this out. But once those bills, you know, they, it came time to pay them. I'm like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do? Like to the point where I took out now in New York, those payday loans aren't legal, but it was something similar to that. And I was like, okay, for me to pay off my bills, I'm going to sign this check to have the money. And then I'll figure. it was like this loop I was constantly going through, which I'm still doing it. I still find myself trying to unlearn these things. But um, yeah, so I got super far in debt and sick and I had to file bankruptcy like seven years ago. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, like I am going to do whatever I can. And it's an everyday work in progress to try to flip the mindset, flip the switch into thinking like money is our birthright. Being, being wealthy is our birthright. Like we all deserve that. We have to break these chains and these cycles and these thought patterns in order to, but it came with a lot of heavy shit tied to me. I was born into the heaviness. So I'll get there. Like you get there. You just have to be, most people live their entire lives, whether it's mindset, addictions, trauma, money, you name it, not even taking a self reflection and looking at what they need to change. So I always tell people, if you are making the effort to change and work through anything, you're doing better than 90% of the population. Just trying is enough. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So thank good. You. And thank you for sharing that with us. I know I put you yeah. on the spot a little, but I'm no, so glad okay. that you did because that's actually a part of your story that you haven't shared with me before. And yet nope. we have another synchronicity around, you know, like my daughter's father, when uh, he left his first marriage, like, you know, he had filed for bankruptcy. And then when I was leaving my relationship with him, right, here's like, here's a pattern, here's a, a dynamic that you can see energetically playing out, mm -hmm. but also like in real time playing out. And then when I was leaving my daughter's father about six months before I actually left, I did a debt forgiveness program and, you know, it like totally after okay. credit and like, you know, and thankfully this work that I've done, I have like nearly perfect credit now, which is like unheard of. Like, I mean, literally like it is unheard of. Like I have spoken to like other financial advisors and they're like, for you to go through what you went through and in three years completely turn it around and be where you are now. Like it's it's on, and I'm like, yeah, but I live in a world of magic. Like I, literally, <laughs> I create my reality and like nothing I do makes sense. It's all magical. It's not logical. Now I do take logical action, mm -hmm. but it's all magical. So I'm not surprised that we would have that in common. Of course um, we do. 
And I love that what you, I love what you said about, you know, not tying your worth to your money. And that is the biggest thing. I cringe when I hear mentors say like, charge what you're worth. Your yeah. worth is infinite. Like there is nothing that yes. you can say, do, think, be that like your worth will ever be depleted on this planet. Like your worth is infinite and you are worthy of whatever it is that you freaking want, right? Mm-hmm. You charge what you believe your program is valued at. Like you charge yes. for your product and service what you believe it's valued at. And if you believe that it should be valued higher and you aren't confident in what you provide, well then the work comes in unlocking those confidence codes and bringing your confidence to match what you want to bring in, right? Like in that where the work lies and so many people miss the mark on that because we have been well you know like charge what you're worth no your worth is infinite and like that's another thing where it's like we just hear it so much and we sometimes aren't even aware that we hear those things and sometimes people aren't even aware that they're saying them but it's it's Mm -hmm. so normal that it's like our subconscious just takes it on as a truth you would be so surprised at the things that you hear on a regular basis that our subconscious takes on and we've just been living on autopilot by those thought patterns you know like i can't even like uh, scientifically like breaking down the numbers like we are taking in like some like somewhere close of like i don't know like 93 like million bits of information like per second like subconsciously like an astronomical amount of number um amount of information per second and then our conscious mind like our the job of our subconscious is to keep us safe so it has to filter out what it's what is deemed important aka what is going to keep us safe and then you know what it doesn't what it doesn't need to anymore and it gets filtered a different part of our brain right and so consciously we're only aware consciously we're aware of like like ten thousand things but i mean really in in this room how how many people are actually consciously aware of ten thousand things nothing right that's like magical but in order for us to be able to do something our subconscious has to be able to deem it as true or deem it as important information to keep us safe well if we've been taking on information that says having too much money is bad and our subconscious is its biggest role is to keep us safe well then it's going to repel money from us right so then when we hear things like charge what you're worth our subconscious is literally like okay well charge charge what i'm worth And it's literally like, you're just going to keep hitting a brick wall because if you consciously don't know what you would value your services at, but your subconscious is saying charge what you're worth, it's literally, it's duality. You're hitting, you're coming up to a wall. So um, a lot of the work that we do, and it seems really redundant, is in shifting our verbiage using, Mm -hmm. you know, and because it's an inclusive term instead of the word, but saying, I I just choose not to see the value in that rather than saying it's too expensive for me. Right. Um, A lot of it is in, is in the verbiage. Well, that's why affirmations work with anything. Like your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between something you're telling it and a fact. So that's why, like, if you see affirmations, the I am statements, those kinds of things, you're literally convincing yourself of those things. So that's why going back to what you said, it's so important to have the mindset. Like even if you have zero dollars and you're negative in the bank, like you have to be consciously making the shift and and switching the negative to the positive so you can bring more positive back to you. Amen. Absolutely. Because our subconscious also can't process the negative. (laughs) Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yep. So if you say don't focus on a purple elephant, what is everyone focusing on right now? Okay, good. Uh, Abby Sands says, I'm a Justin groupie. Listen to this chick. She knows her shit. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Liz is watching us from Maine. And Lindsay says, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Lindsay. You're so welcome. 
the redhead uh, says, are you a Mormon? I am not Mormon. Are you Mormon, Jen? <laughs> I am not Mormon. No. no. Okay. Um, and then Lindsay says, I have a lot of friends who are Mormon. I have a lot of clients who are Mormon, actually. And I actually live in Palmyra, like very close to Palmyra, New York, that, you know, is like very known for like Pilkamora. Um, but no, I'm not Mormon. The history of Mormonism is in Buffalo, too. There's a deeper oh. history about it. But yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, I feel like we live in a very like an area that is like rich in that information. Absolutely. Lindsay says, yes, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm a nurse, a single mom and going to school. Oh my goodness. You have so much on your plate. So much on your plate. I totally get it. Um, and yeah. I, I'm going to give Jen an opportunity too, to like pitch herself as well. But I have a ton of, for those of you that are listening, I have a whole lit. It's free. There's no strings attached. Like I literally, if you message me, I have a whole list of, you know, resources that I've created, PDFs, some of my favorite um, books to read around ener like energetics, money, mindset, all those things. Message me after this live video and just like say like, you know, message me free resources, whatever. If you feel called to like want to share more with me, please, like I would love to chat with you. Um, but message me for that and I would be happy to send over my free resources um, because I know when it comes to money mindset specifically, not everyone is at a place where it makes sense to invest in a program or invest in a mentor. Um, it took me years to be able to get behind being able to make that investment. And then, you know, I literally pooped my pants pretty much when I first did. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world, but those free resources, you know, we could always make more money. We can't make back more time. So how we choose to show up for ourselves and how we choose to utilize our time is so important. Um, so I'm always happy to give those free resources if you're willing to, to put in the time to use them. That's great. I love that you do that. I think that's, that needs to be done more for offering free offering help. And like, I feel like in this industry, especially like with what you do, you have people that can't afford to make that investment and they just want to kind of learn from you, from your videos and that kind of stuff. And then when they're ready, they make that jump. So that's great that you do that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, did we want to open up the floor for a couple of questions? If people have any questions, sure. so yeah, I know I feel like we covered a lot of different things. Um, yeah, we were kind of all over, but the general, you know, we had a general topic going. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that always happens. I mean, conversationally, like it just mm -hmm. makes um, Lindsay is from Rochester, but she lives in Tennessee now. Oh, I'm jealous. So yes, while we're waiting for some people to drop their questions, uh, I'll share a little one of like my childhood traumas around money, um, and kind of how I unraveled that. So when I was little, uh, this is probably one of like my, I guess like one of my favorite stories to share in my programs and with my clients, but, uh, it, it caused, it actually seems silly, but it caused a lot of trauma uh, that I didn't realize until I was an adult. And this is just how sim how how seemingly insignificant something might seem, but how big of a weight it could have on your life. My grandma, when I was younger, when we moved into, when my mom and my dad got married, um, my adoptive father got married, uh, we moved into, uh, out this way. And my grandma bought me a like she took me to Raymore and Flanagan to buy like an like a brand new bedroom set, right? Like there was a canopy. I had like, you know, the like the big dresser with the mirror, the vanity, you know, the, like the whole shebang, right? But I remember my grandma telling me, don't tell your papa Mike about this, right? And so, I mean, here I am with this, you know, I'm like six <laughs> or seven. I have this beautiful bedroom set. It's like something out of a movie, right? And, you know, and every time my papa would come over, you know, it'd be like this, like I'd be like, don't ask <laughs> That, you know, like I'd be like this little kid where I was just like, don't ask, don't ask, you know, like, or you know, like, like it was like this, 
like lingering secret. And then I remember yeah. like, I don't even know. I was probably, it was probably like, I was probably 20, 21. I don't know. And we were at like a family dinner and it just like slipped out of my <laughs> mouth. Oh yeah. And grandma bought me the veggie set. Now, of course, it, like what, 20 years, like 15 yeah. years had passed. I'm sure by that point, my grandma had already told my papa about the cannabis set. But in my mind, it was this, we don't tell papa about the bedroom set. We don't tell papa about the bedroom set, right? So when it slipped out of my mouth, I was like immediately trying, like I was trying to literally like lie, right? Like I was trying to like cover myself, like cover up my ass for my yeah. grandma, you know? Um, and it was so funny, you know, by the end of the conversation, we were all laughing, whatever. Um, but then when I started diving deeper into the money mindset work, I realized that I had such a hard time attracting money was I felt like I always had to keep my money a secret. I felt like I owe like, and so I was always afraid to like, you know, make an investment on my credit card. And I felt like I couldn't tell people about it or like, you know, or if I like bought, like there was shame associated with investments or with spending money. And because I felt like I always had to keep my money a secret and that yeah. I mean, when I'm telling you I mean to go for like I was a six you know six years old and my grandma told me that and then sitting at the table as you know a 20 something year old and then trying to like you know eat my word vomit and like take it back and you know it's hilarious right but it's like something so small as that and of course like that is not um you know that's not something that's you know traumatic in the sense right because everything that affects your nervous system is trauma okay like the, and right. there's different variations of it okay it doesn't have to necessarily be a full-blown traumatic event um which of course you know those things do happen and this work is still important in, in to help you through those things you know maybe not necessarily just starting with a mentor if it's deep-rooted you know really heavy trauma, maybe starting with a therapist or someone that, you know, is trauma informed or a licensed therapist. Those things are absolutely so important, but um, we all have some sort of trauma around money. If we didn't, we would all be billionaires. Like we would literally all be billionaires. We would all be millionaires. Um, so it's just always important to just continue to shift and evolve. And, you know, if things in your life aren't going the way that you would like them to ask yourself, you know, how can I show up differently? How can I see this differently? And how can I shift, shift my belief system to start believing this differently? I love it. It's great. Good job. Mic drop for you. Thank you. Thank you. My God, you're so sweet. Well, I loved this conversation. I don't see any questions. So Jen, I would love for you to be able to tell our people where they could find you, how they can work with you and any offers that you have available for our people to, to take the lead. So I have a couple different things. You can go to the link in the Instagram bio and it will take you to my business website. You can book a tarot reading on there. You can do a bunch of different things, um, set up a call I do brand strategy calls, one-on-one -on -one coaching. So everything is in the link in the bio. I love it. I love it. And yes, definitely take her up on the brand strategy. She did a phenomenal training for us in my high-level mastermind. Um, and if you're an online entrepreneur, having a you know, magnetic high vibe brand that you just feel like you hit it out of the ballpark every time you show up on your social media, on your webpage. It's so important. And especially in the spiritual realm, in the coaching industry, really having someone that can take your energy and infuse it, infuse it into your, into mm -hmm. your brand and into your vision is so important. So for sure, reach out to her. Um, but that's, I think what we have for today. Did you want, did you have anything else that you wanted to like touch on that you wanted to share? No, I think it was great. Let's do it again soon. Yeah. Yes, let's do it again soon. Well, thank you all so much for being on with us. And Jen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to pop in live with us. I'm glad we finally were able to do it. Jess. Three times is <laughs> a charm. Three times. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Bye, guys. Happy home. Bye, everybody. Thank you.
Bye.